The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. the music of Russ Taff 
not going to bow, not going to bow to your idols. I'm coming today to say as clearly as I can say, I am not going to bow down to the idols of our day. I am going to bow down to only one person. His name is Jesus. Do black lives matter? Yes. But the political movement that has emerged so rapidly in our country is not godly. It is evil. It pulls at our heart because any Christian man or woman opposes police brutality. But it also, any Christian will stand opposed to anarchy. Just this last weekend, 18 black people were shot and killed in Chicago by other black people. Do black lives matter? Yes. And they need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they need to bow their knee not to some foolish political movement called Black Lives Matter. They need to bow their knee to Jesus Christ. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. I see political leaders bowing their knee. One police chief laying on his face with his hands behind his back in total submission. These are the same people who will bow before the Antichrist and take the mark. If you're involved in Black Lives Matter, in the political movement, not in the justice concern, but in the political movement, extricate yourself, leave it, get out, and repent for being deceived. It is demonic. It is not of Jesus Christ. Now, I am to come and speak the truth to you. Am I a racist because I stand in opposition to anarchy? I don't think so. I think the movement, the political movement, Black Lives Matter, is utterly racist. Am I going to agree with the defunding of our police departments? No. It's insanity. Many more times beyond 18 would have died in Chicago had the police abandoned that city. And believe me, we're moving toward a time when many police officers will simply say, I will not put my life on the line and then also have my life on the line legally. I'm finished. I retire. I leave. We're in an American social crisis that has come about 
because we have kicked Jesus, we have kicked God out of our public discourse and our public square. I come on this radio broadcast because it's the one place I can still penetrate in the public square and stand squarely for the truth, for Jesus Christ, and not play the social political games of those who want to destroy America. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today. I have two passages of Scripture that I'd like to share with you, and then I take you directly to the book of Daniel, for Daniel outlined these things many years ago. There is nothing new under the sun. It just repeats itself in the hearts of wicked men and women. And it does great damage to those who do not think, who do not have understanding, who are just sheep to follow and go over the edge of the cliff. In the book of Isaiah, Chapter 45, I'll begin reading with verse 22. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked, Every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will swear allegiance. It will be said to me, Righteousness and strength is only in the Lord. All who are enraged against him will come to him and be put to shame. All the descendants of Israel will be justified and find glory through the Lord. And then again, in the New Testament, in the book of Philippians, in the book of Philippians, the second chapter, I'll begin reading with verse 8. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I come today and say, not going to bow. I have already made my allegiance and I have already bowed at the feet of Jesus Christ. There is not room in my heart for two gods. I do not have a cultural, social God. I serve the Lord God of heaven. 
Now, Daniel is in a very difficult place. He is a captive far from Israel in the land of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon itself. It is the city around which all of the world centers. It is the center of education. It is the center of culture. It sets the pace for the world. And Nebuchadnezzar sits atop this great pyramid of power. Now he has a dream. Let me read it for you as an interpretation given by the Lord to Daniel in Daniel the second chapter, verse 31. My king, as you were watching, a colossal statue appeared. That statue, tall and dazzling, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was terrifying. The head of the statue was pure gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its stomach and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron, and its feet were were of iron and partly fired clay. And as you were watching, a stone broke off without hand touching it, struck the statue on its feet of iron and fired clay, and crushed them. Then the iron, the fired clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were shattered and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away, and not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now, king, your majesty, you are king of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereign power, strength, and glory. Wherever people live, or wild animals, or wild birds of the air, he has handed them over to you and made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. After you there will arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule the whole earth. A fourth kingdom will be as strong as iron. The iron crushes and shatters everything, and like iron that smashes, it will crush and smash all the others. You saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's fired clay and partly of iron. It will be a divided kingdom. Though some of the strength of iron will be in it, you saw that the iron mixed with clay and the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly fired clay. Part of the kingdom will be strong and part will be brittle. You saw the iron mixed with clay. The peoples were mixed one with another, but will hold together just as iron does not mix with fired clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, and this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end that will itself endure forever. You saw a stone break off from the mountain without a hand touching it, and it crushed the iron, bronze, fired clay, silver, and gold, the great God has told the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation certain. 
and King Nebuchadnezzar, this great king, fell on his face and worshipped Daniel, presented him with an offering, with incense, and he said, Your God is indeed God of gods, Lord of kings, and revealer of mysteries, since you were able to reveal this mystery. The king was not bowing so much to Daniel as he was to the God of Daniel. Daniel was promoted. He became very high-powered in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. Now today, the title of the broadcast, Not Gonna Bow. Today we have We have feet of iron and clay, and they don't hold together. Russia and America don't hold together. China and America don't hold together. Then we have all of the European countries, and they're again coming apart. They won't hold together. The world kingdoms are divided and we're waiting for that stone to be cut out without hands that will crash into this statue and demolish it and blow it away with the wind and establish the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ over the earth. That will happen during the millennium. Jesus will rule with an iron rod the nations of the earth. Revelation 20. Now let's be clear. Babylon was the great kingdom. Then came Medo-Persia. And then came Greece. And then came Rome. And then came the barbarians and the dividing of all of the kingdoms. And that's where we are today. Now, social groups are going to rise up and they're going to demand allegiance. They're going to demand that you bow down and worship them and their goals. And America, for the first time in American history, is bowing down to Black Lives Matter. And people are utterly deceived and being led astray. Does that mean that someone who will not bow down on their knees like our legislature, our Congress, yesterday kneeling down, taking a knee, the NFL taking a knee, what are they saying? They're saying we worship. We acknowledge something greater than ourselves. We acknowledge our God. Taking the knee is always a sign of worship. But I want to tell you what my father said to me when I was just a child, and I'll tell you this story. We had a new pastor in our church. It was a country church. My dad was a salesman, but when he was not out on the road selling, he was... Gardening, that's what he loved to do. He was the head elder of the church. 
and on this occasion the pastor came to visit, and he was dressed in his beautiful suit and shirt, tie, shiny shoes. He walked up into the garden where my dad was hoeing. He said, we need to talk, Matt. There were some issues in the church that needed to be dealt with. So I stood there, a little toe-headed boy, barefoot, in my bib overhauls, no shirt. And I listened. I was eager to see how my daddy would respond to this new preacher. After the preacher had laid out the problem, my daddy said, Well, there's only one thing we can do. Let's kneel down and pray. And so my daddy, without thinking, just knelt down in the dirt in the garden. The preacher looked stunned. My daddy's eyes were already closed and he was already praying. The preacher was standing there in his suit. He didn't want to get his knees dirty. I don't blame him. It would have cost him money to send his suit to the dry cleaners. But it was a graphic illustration in my mind of the difference between the preacher and my daddy. My daddy was just on his knees. That's where he solved all of his problems. Every issue required my daddy to get down on his knees and pray, both knees. The next week, there was a prayer meeting, and I watched this new preacher as he led the prayer meeting. When it was time to pray, we all got down on our knees. But the preacher, he only put one knee down. He took a knee. As we were riding home from prayer meeting, I said to my daddy, Daddy, did you see that the preacher only got down on one knee? He said, Yes, Raymond, I saw that, and it caused my heart sorrow. I said, Why? He said, Raymond, you want to be a pastor. I'm going to tell you. Don't trust any man who's only willing to go down on one knee. A one-kneed man is no good to anybody, not to Jesus and not to anybody else. Because they don't really believe what they say. They're just making a show for pretense and pride. He said, don't trust a man who will only go on one knee. Wow. I've watched that prove itself time after time. A man who will only go to one knee or a woman who will only go to one knee has a divided heart and you can't trust them. That's what I learned. And that's what my experience has proven. Now let me be clear. Sometimes it's very expensive not to kneel, at least to one knee, and show some sign of of worship. 
Let's make no mistake. Kneeling is a sign of worship. Nebuchadnezzar quickly forgets about the God of heaven. Pride once more fills his heart. And he makes the decision to build a golden idol, a man probably looking like him. Ninety feet tall and nine feet wide. And then he calls all of the people of his kingdom to come together to dedicate this statue, to bow down and worship it. And so the rule is, people of every nation and language, you are commanded when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum, every kind of music, You are to fall down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn and the flute and the zither and the lyre and the harp and every kind of music, people of every nation and language fell down and worshiped the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, let's be clear. This is gold that is being worshipped. This is money. You want to know what's happening with Black Lives Matter political movement? Watch Antifa and the money. Who's paying for them? And you'll notice the people who are supplying them are major corporations in America. They're bowing down at the golden idol. You'll find that it is political leaders who want to be included in the power of this political movement of anarchy and destruction. I don't believe the Democrats want to disband the police. Are you kidding me? It's evident that the police departments in the major cities controlled by the Democrats are where the action is. They don't want to lose the power. But it is about money and influence and power. Everybody acquiesced and bowed down. They didn't want to lose their position. Do you know how many people are being fired because they speak against the political movement that is suddenly sweeping our nation? It's dangerous to speak against the political move of the day. It always has been dangerous. I'm in danger for saying today what I'm saying to you. But I'm not going to bow. I belong to Jesus Christ. I believe in justice, righteousness, holiness. I believe in a complete surrender to Jesus, not to some phony political movement that is filled with destruction and bitterness and anger and uncleanness. Are you kidding me? How can a Christian be involved in that? How could Christians in Nazi Germany be involved in the brown shirts? 
what I'm seeing happen to America breaks my heart. For I know the seeds being sown will reap a harvest of destruction for our nation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say no, not going to bow. And when the music sounded and everybody was on their face, here these three worthies were standing straight and heads unbowed, probably even heads looking up to their Lord, to their God. This was not their God. This was not their Lord. Now it makes me question, please, and I don't mean to be offensive, but who are your gods? Who do you bow down to? Some of you are frankly bowing down to your jobs, to your work. It's the most important thing in your life. You want the gold. You want the money. The gold idol provides it. So you don't see yourself as there to serve Jesus and proclaim the gospel in your place of work and win those by love and compassion and excellence. You don't see yourself there to win them to Jesus. You see yourself there simply to make a living. You bow down to the golden idol. Some of you won't associate with certain people because to be associated with them would cause you to look like you agree with them in their service to our Lord Jesus. I love the Salvation Army. I love that you had to put on a uniform and you had to go out in the streets. And believe me, they were scorned in the streets. They were spit upon. They were hit. They were treated in such an ungodly manner as they played their music on the street corner and they reached out in love to the lowest in the human form, the drunkards, the alcoholics, those who were caught on opium, to the druggies. But as people's lives began to be transformed and changed, as people began to see the good that they were doing, the hostility was removed in part. But even yet today, when you see someone in a Salvation Army uniform, many turn up their nose in scorn. Now, I love the Salvation Army, not just because of the work they do. To me, that's a minor part. But the work they do in proclaiming the cross of Jesus Christ and their willingness to be clearly and publicly identified as being salvation people, people of righteousness and holiness, calling the lost and the sinner to repent. That's awesome. Who do you bow down to? Do you bow down to the new car? Do you bow down to whatever your family demands of you? Or do you bow down to Jesus alone? 
Do you bow down to political correctness? You can tell I don't. And I've paid an incredible price for not bowing down to political correctness, even in the modern church. Utterly kicked out of the Anglican fellowship because I would not turn aside from the need to leave all sin and be righteous before God by the power of the blood of Jesus. I would not agree with the sinning Christians. I would not agree in the unconditional love of God. I don't find it in the word. I find it in the in the religion of America. But it's a lie. Many of you have bought into once saved, always saved, because you've never really read the scriptures. And what you have read, you've been listening to pastors who twist the word, not the straight, honest word of God. You see, there are many gods that demand that we bow down to them. Theological correctness according to the hour of the day. If you don't bow down, you will pay a price. You can be severed from fellowships. You can be shamed. Christ bore that shame for us at the cross. But it's still a shame today. When you talk about the need for suffering in the Christian life, the necessity of suffering for Jesus, many will turn away and say, no, I will not suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Instead, you'll go with those who will acclaim you and love you unconditionally and never correct, never reprove, never call you to repentance. The greatest need in America today is not for Black Lives Matter. It's for all lives matter at the foot of the cross. It's for repentance. It's for turning away from racial divide and cultural divide. It is a call to turn away from the insidious indoctrination of communism, of socialism. It is a need for us with loving hearts to care for the poor, the blind, and the naked. To reach out in love, but to call for repentance, for holiness. And so I come on this broadcast, and I do just that. But there was a price to pay for these men. They were brought before Nebuchadnezzar and he asked them, Is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue that I've set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the zither and the lyre, the harp and the drum and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. 
And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? The little gods always set this up. You can't survive, mister, if you don't bow your knee to Black Lives Matter, political party. You can't survive if you don't agree with systemic racism is everywhere and we have to kill those people who are white or who are not like us or who are black. We have to get rid of them. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you to know as king that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Not gonna bow. That has to be the refrain of every Christian heart. I'm not going to bow except to Jesus Christ, my Lord. If it costs me my life, if it costs me my job, if it costs me this radio broadcast, I'm not going to bow except to Jesus I can assure you when you take this position, you will lose friends and family. You perhaps will lose your job. You will perhaps lose work associates. You may even lose your life. But these three worthies stand boldly and say, not going to bow. So the oven, burning oil, was heated seven times more than customary. He commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men in their trousers and their robes and their head coverings, they're tied up and they're thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. The king's command was very urgent. But the furnace blazed out at them and the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were immediately killed. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the blazing, blazing furnace of fire. Nebuchadnezzar watches expecting to see 
a very quick destruction to those who would not obey his command to bow down to his golden idol. You see, Nebuchadnezzar is not satisfied with being the head of gold. He wants to be the whole deal. He wants to be everything for everybody. He wants everyone to bow down to his greatness. But suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumps up in great alarm. He said to his his counselors surrounding him, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty. Well, look, I see four men not tied walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar, risking his own life, approaches the door of the furnace of blazing fire, and he shouts at the top of his lungs, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, You servants of the Most High God, come out! So they walked out of the fire. They all gathered around them, the king and the advisors, the governors, the rulers. They gathered around them, and they saw that the fire had had no effect on their bodies, not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were were still totally intact. There wasn't even the aroma of an oil-burning fire in their clothing. And Nebuchadnezzar is overcome. He says, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I issue a decree that anyone or any people, nation or language, who says anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb, and his house will be made a garbage dump. For there is no other god who is able to deliver like this. He's right. There is no God like our God. There is no God like Jesus. He alone rules.
Lord, we're not going to bow down to the idols of our age. We're not going to be enticed by the gold. We're not going to be enticed by acceptance. We are going to stand firm until we come before you, Lord Jesus, where we humbly bow in worship and submission with supplication and prayer. For you alone are the God of heaven and earth. You are the creator God. How great are your miracles. How mighty are your wonders. Your kingdom, Jesus, is an eternal kingdom. Your dominion is from generation to generation. We will not bow to any God save our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. Lord, have your way today in those who have listened to this broadcast. I pray you will come with convicting power. And if there is need for repentance, I pray you will pour out that gift of repentance upon their hearts. Lord, we are not going to change with the whims of this world or with the accusations of our culture. We will stand for righteousness, integrity, caring for the poor and the weak. But we will bow before you, Jesus. I pray your blessing for every person who has listened to this broadcast today. I ask, Jesus, that you would strengthen each person and give them great understanding of the issues of our day and how the Antichrist power is already rising amongst us. How the Antichrist power, the man of sin, is preparing to make his appearance among us on the world scene. Lord, I pray you will give us eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that understand and worship you alone. I pray, Lord, for those who worship their jobs, even to the neglect of their children. I pray, Lord, for those who are given utterly and completely to money or to fame or to power. Lord, some who are listening are given to all of those things. Some are given to alcohol and tobacco and drugs. Some are given, Lord, to impurity and uncleanness, fornication, pornography. Some are given to religion. Lord, I pray that we will bow down for none of these things but will bow only before you, Jesus. For you are the Son of the living God. I worship you today, Jesus. I praise your mighty name. You are the Lord. And I pray as we meet the social concerns of our day, you will give us the loving, compassionate heart 
to lift you up, Jesus, not to condemn, not to judge, not even to criticize, but simply to lift up our Lord Jesus. And you speak, Lord God. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'm very grateful that you have chosen to spend this time with me. You are very precious to me. I pray that your heart is utterly given to Jesus Christ today. We've entered a time that is not sentimental, a time when we must be very clear about where our loyalty lies. And I'm letting you know today my loyalty lies with Jesus Christ alone, not with a denomination, not with a job, not with money, not with the social winds that blow. My loyalty is to Jesus alone. And I join together with those in the church who will stand though the heavens fall. Thank you, my brother and sister. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. This is a faith ministry, which means I wait upon the Lord to move in your heart, to give as the Lord directs you to give. One dear brother called me this morning. He said, I just got out of the shower. The Lord reminded me I had not sent this money to you. I'm going to put it in the mail today. I said, it's all of Jesus. He provides what he wants that we can remain on the air. And I thank you for being faithful to the commands of the Lord in your heart. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go directly to our webpage, as I'm very grateful many of you have done. You can give online by going to nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com God bless you my brother and sister I'm praying for you I'm praying for revival to break out in this nation for repentance to flow I love you Jesus loves you I'll talk to you soon God bless you